0: Hi, I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in San Diego. Thank you so much for watching today. If you'd like to support the work that we do here, please consider making a contribution. Go to our website. It's easy to do. Thank you in advance for that contribution. Merry Christmas, everyone. If you're just tuning in right now for the start of our Christmas Eve service, I want to introduce myself. I'm Wendy Craig Purcell, minister here at the Unity Center. And it is my delight to be able to connect with you at least in this way. You know, who would have thought back in March that we would be doing candlelighting this way? I certainly didn't. Gotta tell you, one of the high points for me just this past week was seeing some of you, our Unity Center family, come to our Unity campus and pick up your candle or pick up your packet for our burning bowl service. It was as if it was the greatest treat to actually see a few of you. So I'm imagining this sanctuary filled with your energy, filled with your love. You know, one of the things that I think is kind of special, though, about delivering our Christmas Eve service to you this way is that it almost feels super intimate. It feels like, all right, you're not here in the room with us as you always have been for all of our Christmas Eve services, but we are able to be with you in your room, and maybe you're sitting with family that um, have come safely to be with you, or maybe you are experiencing Christmas Eve this year all by yourself. I hope though that this brief time together this evening helps you to feel the Christmas spirit, and helps you to feel connected with your Unity family. And if you are joining us for the very first time, you've never been to the Unity Center before, a very special welcome to you. We hope that this time together will lift your spirits and help you remember the beauty of this service. You know, I've got to make, I've got to confess, you see all the beautiful candles all around us this evening. And every year in years past, when we would do our candlelighting service here in the sanctuary, the staff and I and my husband and family would often fret about all right, how do we do this safely? And how do we not just do the service safely, but how do we keep the wax from dripping everywhere? And many, many times I would find myself just being very worried about that, and we'd have conversations, how do we keep it safe? And I've got to tell you, boy, do I wish I were dealing with that challenge right now. I wish that I was concerned about dripping wax all over the place because it would mean that we could be together in, in the ways that we want to. Well, those days will come again. We will be together, but for now, we celebrate this way. When I think of our candle lighting service, I think of the beautiful symbology of candles. I think that the lighting of candles usually means something special is happening. And whether it is the lighting of the advent wreath candles or the lighting of our candles during a, a traditional candle lighting service, or lighting candles for a special meal with a loved one, sometimes it's about lighting a candle in memory of a loved one that we've that we have lost but it usually represents something special because it is such a symbol of hope and light and goodness and we need that always and especially now we think about it the lighting of candles began really mostly out of necessity we didn't have all of the uh, electric lights that we have today, and we lit candles out of necessity. I think of Jesus. Now, certainly didn't have candles like these, but Jesus was Jewish. He celebrated the Sabbath. There was the, the lighting of the, the oil lamps. There was the bringing of the light into the home, not just out of necessity, but also to mark something spiritual. I'd like to share some fitting words with you from Laurie Palatnick. She writes about this idea of the light and about the idea of the Sabbath or the Shabbat. Shabbat is our time to connect with God. Shabbat is our time to connect with God when we stop creating in order to recognize that there is a creator. When we stop creating in order to recognize that there is a creator. Wherever you are in your journey of faith, whatever your particular path may be, I believe that we are united in the idea that there is something beyond just us. Whether we call that something Christ, God, or by some other name, we know that there is a creative energy beyond and behind everything that exists. And so this idea of stopping periodically to remember that there is more than what our eyes currently see, to stop and remember that there is more than just our individual life, there is our human connectionness, our human family. And so we stop creating and doing that we might remember that there is a creator in back of it all. And so I'd like to invite you to join me now in stopping, in taking a deep breath in and out, and just stopping for a moment. in experiencing the stillness, and in the stopping, to join me in remembering why we are celebrating tonight. And so I'd like to invite precious Jocelyn Bolden and her dad, Jimmer, to share the reading of the Christmas story.
1: The Christmas story. Jesus's birth in Bethlehem, Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all the people were on their way to register for census, each to his own city. Now Joseph also went up from Galilee. From the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was betrothed to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn in the same region there were some shepherds staying shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock at night and suddenly an angel of the lord suddenly stood near them and 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 the glory of the lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people for today in the city of David. There has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger, and suddenly there appeared with the angel, a multitude of heavenly, of the heavenly army of angels, praising to God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased.
2: Our brightly shine.
3: Shine.
0: Thank you, Jimmer Bolden, Janet Hammer. To my Unity family, I'm sure you remember the many, many Christmas Eve services together in this sanctuary. And when Janet and Jimmer would finish that song, we would be on our feet, so moved, And I imagine, I believe that you feel that same energy no matter where you are in your home, whether you're with one other person or all by yourself. We are so blessed in so very, very many ways. When I listen to the words of that song, O Holy Night, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. The weary world rejoices. I bet we can relate to those words more this Christmas than perhaps any Christmas before. We learn, we yearn for something better, right? Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. The only way that we're going to see that new and glorious morn, that new and glorious Um, way of being together is to really get clear with and live from the teachings of the man whose life we are celebrating at Christmas time. His law is love. His gospel is peace. When I think about those words I I really appreciate the fact that love has to come as a choice. You know we can legislate certain external behaviors, but we can't force, we can't create a law, a man-made law, that forces a person to love his brother, his sister, the other. It is a choice that we have to make. And we can only experience that love when we are willing to do our own deep inner work. And often we we forget that it is more than just receiving love, it's being the expression of it, of being willing to, to look at the other through the eyes of kindness, through the eyes of compassion. It's easy to talk about it, isn't it? And it's certainly easy, Jesus taught it talked about this, it's easy to love those who love us but the real reward comes when we extend ourselves to the other that we may disagree with violently adamantly, but we set aside that feeling of separation to, to find a way to connect and if Christmas is anything it's an invitation for us to remember a deeper truth a deeper truth, and I know that sometimes it is hard to love. I talked about this just last Sunday, and sometimes we can look and we can say, but there are certain people that it's so hard for me to love. Well then, if we can't get to love immediately, can we move to the place of compassion? Can we open our hearts just a little bit in a compassionate way to the other? If we can't get to compassion, can we open ourselves to the willingness to understand the other? And if even that is too difficult, can we begin by genuinely listening to the other? We are called to love. I don't know of any religion that does not emphasize this same principle, this same practice, that we are called to love and we are called to have faith and we are called to believe in one another. To not judge one another by appearances, but to believe in one another. To believe in the inherent goodness in the other. To not hold one another to the worst mistakes that we have ever made, but to believe in the inherent goodness. Now I know that People are capable of doing all sorts of mean and terrible things to one another. But we have got to be willing, despite that, to carve a deeper faith within ourselves, to believe that there is a way through, and that way through is together, and that way through is through the bridge of love, to recognize the inherent goodness in the other. One of the things that I have found so touching during this this season and during this time of sheltering in place, is the way, the the simple acts of kindness that so many ordinary people are showing to strangers, whether it is paying for the person behind you, in line, whether it is leaving a note for a troubled neighbor or friend, whether it is leaving a basket of snacks at your front door so that the UPS driver or the Amazon delivery person has a little something to eat, whether it is to, to write a check to your favorite charity. The ways that we are coming out of our shells, so to speak, in greater generosity of kindness and goodness, recognizing that we really are a human family. Sometimes when it's dark and it's difficult, it, it we can lose faith, but we have to find a way to regain that faith. We've got to find a way to believe in one another. And so I, I hope that you will keep your eyes open to the inherent goodness in the other, that you will make it a point to to delight in the stories of the expressions of kindness that you read about or that you see, and that more than that, more than that, that you will be a beneficial presence wherever you go. So as you move through the remainder of this year, will you keep your eyes open? Will you keep your heart open? to the other, to the goodness of the other, and to the opportunity for you to be an expression of goodness. Will you join me in believing that, in believing? i yeah. Do you believe? And what do you believe in? I believe in the goodness of humanity. I believe in the spark of the divine in each and every person, even when sometimes it might be difficult to see it. I believe that it is there. We're all familiar with Jesus' words that we are the light of the world and that we are to let our light shine. But before we can let our light shine, before we can be the light, we need to know the source of the light. And we need to be consciously connected to it. We need to know the source of the light, and we need to be consciously connected to it. The source of the light is the spark of the divine within each and every one of us. To me, what is so inspiring and encouraging about that truth is that I didn't put the spark there, you didn't put the spark there. It is the essence of who and what we are. We come from stardust, if you will. We are made in the image and the likeness of God, of spirit. It's not just in one of us, it's in every one of us. But to be the light, as I said, we not only need to understand and be connected to the source of that light, I'm reminded of a story that took place in about the 1940s, 1950s. There was a young man by the name of Manuel from a very um, poor and rural village in the Philippines. And he came to the United States because he had heard of it being the land of opportunity, and he was so excited to, to come. And he was taken by all of the the um, gadgets, all of the conveniences that he didn't have back home in his his small village, from television sets to electric light to appliances. These were all new things for him, and he was excited to learn about them and, and to use them and was fascinated by them. And when he was getting ready to go back home, he wanted to bring something with him from the United States to kind of introduce his his village people to the amazing things that he had seen here in the United States. And he thought long and hard about what he could bring back. And he was fascinated by light and he decided to go to a hardware store. And he filled a paper bag with with light bulbs and with sockets and with switches and with wires. And he was so proud of his purchases. And he took the 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 bag with him on his journey back home to his small village in the Philippines. And when he got there he, he told his his neighbors and his friends that he had a great surprise that he was going to show them and in just a few days and it would happen at night. And he was busy at work connecting the light bulbs into the sockets and hanging the, the bulbs from the wires and, and and fiddling with the switches and so forth. And he couldn't wait to have the village people come, his neighbors. And when he finally got everything all set and they came, he said, now watch, when I turn this switch, the lights will come on. And he turned the switch, but nothing happened. And he was so confused, he was so upset. And then he realized, that he had never known about electricity. He didn't understand how it worked. He didn't realize that this light bulb and the socket and the wires and the switches all had to be connected to a source in order to let the light shine brightly as it had in the United States. And in a way this is so true of us, is it not? That though the spiritual truth is that There is a divine light in every one of us, and the source of that light is God, by whatever name you choose to call God. It is also true that if we do not understand it, if we are not connected with it, if we ignore it, if we deny it, it is as if that light can't shine. It's not that it's not there, it's that we have either forgotten or we've never been told. One of the saddest things that that I've experienced as a minister is to have people come into unity and to say, oh my God, this is the first time I've been in a church that accepts me exactly as I am, that doesn't care if I'm trans, that doesn't care if I'm gay, that doesn't care about how I look. And The reason it's sad to me that that they come and they may say something like that is I recognize that we still do not live in a world where that is the case, that kind of acceptance is the case for every single one of us. To me, this is an ultimate expression of one's spirituality, is how inclusive are we of the other that may be very, very different from us. And can we even in the midst of another whose light is flickering or not shining very brightly at all, can we still believe in the tremendous potential of that light to shine brightly? It's also true of ourselves. I have had plenty of times in my life, and I imagine you have had as well, that even when you know this truth, that the spark of the divine resides in you, that there are times when it's not shining so brightly. There are times when it's hidden under a bushel, the bushel of fear or the bushel of doubt or the bushel of just being so exhausted or so confused or or living in the stories of our past the messages that we may have gotten growing up, that somehow we're not good enough, we're not right, we're wrong, there's something fundamentally flawed with us. And so we have to remind ourselves, or we have to learn for the first time, the truth of who and what we are. And Jesus spoke to it so very clearly. He said, you are the light of the world. Don't hide your light, let it shine brightly. He didn't say, just let it shine when it's convenient. He didn't say, some of you have it and some of you don't. He simply said, you're the light of the world. Let your light shine brightly so others may come to understand God, may see the glory of God, the works of God. Jesus shined his light in his teaching ministry. When he healed the sick, he was shining his light You may say, well, that's Jesus. What about me? And I say, what about you? What about me? Can we at least pray for the other who is sick? There's certainly plenty of opportunity for that right now as the whole world is going through a pandemic. Every one of us could be lending our energy of prayer, affirmative prayer for health and wholeness for the whole of humanity. Every prayer for healing that we pray is a raising of the light within us. Jesus shined his light when he challenged some of the old Mosaic, not some, many of the old Mosaic laws. When he spoke truth to power, you and I have plenty of opportunities in our life to stand up for the marginalized, to speak truth to power, to not let slights go by to use our voice kindly but clearly and affirmatively. When we do, we are being the light that he spoke about. He shined his light when he refused to judge the adulteress, when he refused to judge by appearances and said the same thing to us. Don't judge by appearances. Look beyond the appearance. Look to the very core of the person, if you possibly can. He shined his light when he used what he had to feed the multitudes. Instead of looking at it and thinking it's not enough, he expressed gratitude for what he did have. And then he circulated it. We can shine our light in the same way. There are so many people and so many organizations that need our help. We may be the one needing help as well. But if we're not, if we have not been hit by this pandemic in the way that many others have, then maybe we can let our light shine more brightly. If we do receive a stimulus check that we realize we don't need, then let us share it with someone who does need it. Jesus shined his light brightly. He never asked us to do anything that he didn't do himself. You might argue saying, well, he did these things because he was Christ. And I would say, no, it is because he did these things that we, in unity, would call him the Christ. In just a moment, you're going to hear a beautiful song that was written by Karen Drucker very recently. And this song was written as a prayer to light a candle for humanity, to light a candle for the times and the circumstances that we are living in right now. And so as you listen to this next song, I hope that you'll listen as I will prayerfully and that we hold the energy and the vision of light not only for our families, but for our country and for our world.
2: I'll light a candle in your memory. Though I don't know who you are. When I think about your family, I will wish upon a star. And I pray that they'll find peace someday. I pray they'll make it through. And wipe the tears we've cried. And I pray we'll bond together. And I pray we'll pull through. I'll light a candle for America. For me. light a candle for
0: I'd like to ask you to join me in a few moments of prayer. There's a prayer that I shared early in the beginning of our pandemic that I'd like to share with you again now. It was written by Patricia Bass, one of our beloved Unity ministers. It is entitled Prayer for the Wounded Heart of Humanity. We call upon God's love in this important moment, knowing that divine love is the greatest power in the universe. We pray for the wounded heart of humanity as we might grieve or rage or cry or despair over injustice and inequity. May divine love enfold and comfort everyone who is hurting. May divine wisdom guide each person and institution in taking inspired action to ensure that we are all celebrated for inherent goodness as a part of God's creation. May we remain resolute in walking the course of, in, may we remain resolute in the course of human rights and social, social justice for all. We pray in the spirit of unity We pray in the spirit of our oneness. And so in a moment, I'm going to invite you to light a candle. Perhaps you are one of the congregants who came by the Unity Center to pick up one of the candles that we use here. Or perhaps you have one that you have set aside for this time together. And as you prepare to light your candle, I invite you to think about where it is in your life that you feel most called to bring light. Where are you being asked to shine your light brighter? Is there a particular relationship? Is there a particular person or place or situation? How are you being asked to shine your light more brightly? Is there an outer action that you know is yours to take? Is there a word that is yours to speak? Is there a prayer that is yours to pray? And with whom do you need to share your light? Is there someone that you work with? Someone that is a neighbor or a friend that you just know they're struggling right now? and that you have a little extra light that you can share. So close your eyes again for a moment and allow yourself to be guided from within as to where you are being invited to light your candle, to shine bright, to be a beneficial presence for someone who really needs you or for something that really needs your unique bright light. And so giving thanks that we have been guided that we know where and how we are ready to light our candle.
4: There is a candle in every soul, some brightly burning, some dark and cold. There is a spirit that brings a fire and lights a candle and makes its own.
0: From all of us here at the Unity Center, we wish you a very Merry Christmas. God bless.